Live in the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York, on August 22nd, 2023. I'm Gianna Volpe. An overwhelming share of New York voters believe the recent influx of migrants to the state is a serious problem and a plurality say the state should slow down the flow, according to a poll released today. Yancey Roy reporting on Newsday.com that the Siena Research Institute survey also says a slight majority of voters, 50 percent to 40 percent, supports the idea of moving migrants from temporary quarters in New York City to permanent housing in communities around the state. But voters are giving Governor Kathy Hochul and New York Mayor Eric Adams low marks for handling the migrant situation. Hochul received her lowest job approval rating in a Siena poll since becoming governor in August 2021. More than 100,000 migrants over the last year and a half from uh, various parts of the globe have arrived in New York with some sent north on buses by Republican officials in Texas. Many have come from Venezuela, according to the United Nations Refugee Agency. New York City housed some migrants in homeless shelters, tent shelters, and hotels. But as the influx continued, Mayor Adams sought to bust some upstate. Mayor and Hochul, who have had a cordial relationship, traded scathing letters about government responsibilities last week. So far, their efforts aren't playing well in public opinion. Siena said 82% of those surveyed said the uh, the influx of migrants was either a serious or very serious problem for the state. Just 16% said either not very serious or not at all serious. Even in a state as liberal as New York, 77% of Democrats said it was a serious problem. Quote, a plurality of Democrats say that migrants resettling in New York over the last two decades decades has been a benefit, but a majority of independents and two-thirds of Republicans say the migrant resettlement has been a burden to the state, according to today's Siena survey. In other news, New York State has announced $4.3 million in construction funds for Long Island libraries, as some local library officials said is badly needed, but far from enough to pay for necessary repairs and upgrades. In Suffolk, the uh, the funding ranges from $7,350 for West Hampton Free Library to hook up to the sewer system to $422,500 for upgraded wastewater and fire systems at Mastix Marich's Shirley Library. Across both NASA and Suffolk systems, 35 libraries received construction money. Nicholas Spangler reporting on Newsday.com that according to the latest public f- published figures on the state library website, Suffolk's, Suffolk libraries' needs are $98.9 million. While school districts may rely on billions in state aid to fund a considerable portion of their budgets and saw a record funding increase on Long Island this spring, the state's 756 public libraries are funded mostly by local taxpayers, and advocates say aid has not kept up with need. Statewide this year, $34 million was awarded for 197 library construction projects. That amount has not increased since 2018 to 2019. Libraries also receive about $96 million in general state aid. That from Kevin Verbasi, the Suffolk Cooperative Library Systems Director. In Suffolk, with 56 member libraries, the construction aid, quote, doesn't go as far as we would like, Verbasi said, adding there are newer challenges every year and newer services that people in our communities need that we're trying to provide. In Riverhead, the anti-bias task force is due for an overhaul, according to Council Member Ken Rothwell, the town board's liaison to the task force. The group's membership lacks the diversity it needs to function Properly, Rothwell said on Friday, Denise Civletti reporting on RiverheadLocal.com that he was responding to a request made by anti-bias task force chairperson Cindy Clifford at last week's Riverhead Town Board meeting. Clifford stepped to the podium to ask the board to fill two vacancies created by the death of two longtime members, uh, Sister Margaret Smith, who died in December, and Louise Wilkinson, who died in March. Councilman Rothwell believes a shakeup of sorts is in order. 
quote, right now it's not a diversified task force and it needs to be more diversified. He said there are no Spanish-speaking members, no African-Americans. And, quote, the task force, which currently has just 10 of its 15 seats filled, wants to name three new members, Lisa Votino, Megan Bamberger, and Pam Granke, as well as a liaison from Temple Israel, Harley Abrams. And finally, Calverton Aviation and Technology will attend another public information center with the Riverhead Industrial Development Agency to discuss plans for the EPCAL site, the Riverhead IDA announced in recent press release. Denise Civiletti reporting on RiverheadLocal.com that the session, which the Riverhead IDA said it requested, is intended to provide an opportunity for the CAT team to describe its proposed financial structure for the acquisition and development of the project, as well as provide an opportunity to demonstrate their market presence. The public information session will take place on Wednesday at 5 p.m. That's tomorrow evening at uh, 200 Howell Avenue in Riverhead. That's the address for Riverhead Town Hall. The meeting is open to the public and will be limited to two hours. A public comment period will be provided. This will not be the IDA's public hearing on the application, which will be held at a later date. The public information session can also be viewed live on the Riverhead Town website. Participants may also attend using a Zoom link. CAT is a single-purpose, limited-liability company formed in December 2017 to purchase 1,644 acres of vacant industrial-zoned land within EPCAL from the Riverhead Community Development Agency for $40 million. The project is now before the Riverhead IDA, which is reviewing CAT's application for tax exemptions in connection with its $245 million Phase One construction at the site. Once again, the Riverhead IDA session with Kat tomorrow in Riverhead at Town Hall at 5 p.m. Reading the weather in Kachog in honor of Alex Ferrone joining us to talk about Alex Ferrone Gallery's new show, Arborescent 2. Looking like a mostly sunny Tuesday with a high near 77 degrees. North wind 11 to 16 miles per hour tonight. Mostly clear with a low around 54 degrees. Calm wind becoming north 5 to 7 miles per hour after midnight. Right now it's 65 degrees. Tree songs getting us started this morning. Uh, Tony Orlando and Dawn, the National Parks, Patience and Prudence, and Mark McIntyre Orchestra before our very own Travis McEveney and Bill Scorzari. But first, Eleanor on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. It's put me in the trees from the Canyon EP of 2014. We'll be back. Stagnant 
track I'd never heard before playing, uh, preparing this playlist for you this morning. Uh, the other morning I played one that at one point in my life it had been my favorite song. So was this one. In fact, I must have been in, I don't know, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, something, when Mrs. Cup, our music teacher, in elementary school, played this song for us. I loved it so much, I brought her a blank cassette tape and asked her to put it on the tape for me. Uh, Tony Orlando and Dawn's tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. It's a, uh, like, a very, uh, a heartache kind of song about a POW Returning from war. Uh, I'll play it for you now. Tony Orlando and Dawn's Tie a Yellow Ribbon Round the Old Oak Tree on WLI WFM, Long Island's only local NPR radio station. Uh, news you can trust, music you love. And this is the Morning and Midnight Show, The Heart, recorded live from the heart of the East End, the WLI WFM studio in Southampton, New York.
Tony Orlando and Dawn leading us to the bottom of the nine o'clock hour, a little after midnight. If you're listening to the replay, and that means it's time for our hot studio segment, underwritten by Peconic Landing, joined by the one and only Alex Ferrone of Alex Ferrone Gallery in Kutchog. Uh, first of all, Alex, I want to thank you uh, for hooking us up with John Paul. Uh, what an unbelievable person and unbelievably cool photographer. I know, right? It was such an incredible exhibition. Okay. We were so pleased to have him um, with his beautiful works and uh, Ryland West and Eleanor Goldstein. The show is gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous and thought-provoking and um, made everybody feel a little cooler Yes, <laughs> with the glaciers, but um, also I- made everybody reconsider things about what's happening with the glaciers and the melting and, and everything, the storms that are happening around and climate. And it was a, a really beautiful exhibition. I remember at the we time so I was I was struggling. I said, there's a local photographer who is, I don't know, in the Arctic or, or something like that, uh, photographing, I imagine, the glaciers. And I couldn't remember his name at the time. I was having a, a brain fart. It's Jeremy Gerritsen. Yes, uh, very... I think he was just up in Alaska. Yes. Right? Oh, okay. Was yeah. he in Alaska? I, I think so. <laughs> okay, so maybe not quite as so. far. I wonder if um, Well, go ahead. Right, right. Ryland West was also in Alaska too, and okay. uh, so Eleanor you're... Goldstein was in Greenland. So there were three different, you know, frozen zones that they were um, presenting to everybody. So it was really nice to uh, see three different artists spending time in three different areas that are all equally having difficulty. You're right. What's something that you learned from the exhibition that you didn't know uh, before putting it together? Oh, that's interesting. There are quite a few things because um, each person took their own uh, personal visions uh, from as an artist, as well as some scientific observations. Uh, um, One particular thing, I I couldn't even tell you. Everything was so different. Everybody, all each each of the artists had different things to say and different takeaways. But we're here Camp to point one. We're <laughs> we're here to talk about arborescent two, right? Yeah. Uh, at yes. Alex, so let's talk about the first arborescent and and talk mm-hmm. about about this show. I know what was it last year? Southampton Arts Center also did a tree centric show. Yes, yes, they did. Yes, they did. And it was interesting when I was putting this together and when I was. Um, you know, considering Christina Strassfield as our juror, I completely forgot about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so uh, I said, oh, this is this is great because she's already ha- has this experience with the trees and, you know, what she's what she'll be looking for. Was that um, her first show there? I think it might have been like... I right think po- it may have been. I it think was it close was, to that time. I think it was... I think she joined right after that, but I'm sure she saw the show either way. Right. I think it may have been hers, her show. Okay, I'd have to look that up and see. This is beautiful. So, who is whose work is this? I'm looking at Beth Atkinson's Angel. Yes, it is beautiful. It's a woodcut. It's gorgeous. Um, oops, sorry, my alarm. <laughs> um, I hate that alarm. <laughs> that, that's awful. It just, it just keeps reminding me of everything I have to do. <laughs> that is like that was so. even worse than the the traditional iPhone al- uh, alarm. <laughs> it's it, a little piercing sometimes, it but sounds, it really wakes me up. <laughs> it sounds like like New York City traffic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. That's funny. Um, yeah, no, we we did it uh, in the 2020, and it okay. was our first. It was our first exhibition that opened 
we were actually the first gallery to open during COVID after everything was closed. So it was really nice. People were hungry for art at the time. And, you know, we had a great crowd and um, everybody loved the concept of trees. And they, they were, it was a glorious show, really. It was beautiful. And um, to see all the artists and how they honor trees uh, in their own mediums, it was, it was wonderful. So we decided to do it again. And um, equally, uh, the same type of, of, of exhibition. The uh, I'm always amazed that when we do these juried shows, the amount of people who, first of all, you know, they they send their works in, but the variety yes. and the variety of eye is incredible. Really, yes. it's just wonderful, and I'm I'm so we're so blessed to have the gallery, to be able to do this, to bring all this artwork in from various points of the um, country. Now, the majority of this show, the majority of artists in this show are actually from New York. So, it's, oh. you know, it's, it was interesting how this one played out. Um, I guess uh, the artists have a tendency to to enter into their more local or regional types of exhibitions. So um, we have a really nice variety of artists. I'm looking at the 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 stuff the stuff from the first edition of Arborescent, and the variety is just unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. We had to because COVID happened at the time. Um, we had to keep extending the um, the entry time period right. um, because we weren't allowed to open yet. So uh, we did get a, a few extra people to say, oh, okay, you know, here's this great exhibition opening soon. Let me try to get into it. So and, it wh- nice. and, and while you were the first gallery to open, you were also someone who really held the line as far as keeping folks safe. We while, did. We while, did. Get it, while um, you know, viewing the works. We had, um, we whatever that word pivoted that everybody used during COVID, we did it. And, um, you know, we, we were fortunate to have a front door and a back door. We were able to usher people in through the front. They followed arrows through the exhibition and went out the back to the reception. We used the yard as our reception area, which worked out really well. And we've continued that. People like to be outside and enjoying the, ex- they enjoy the exhibition. Now they come out and they have their wine and their, you know, their food outside. and That's like the social in. space. Yeah, that's it where is. you get to it get, is. you get to chat. Yeah, and then they go back inside and they enjoy the show again. They come back outside and, you know, the artists are inside and outside. So it's, it worked got, out really well for us. But, and you got you know, that bonus gallery now. Yes. Right in the back? <laughs> which yep. is where you we, did the poetry reading? We opened up reading? the barn. Yes. <laughs> we opened the barn, which took, you know, 11 years. <laughs> Um, we opened the barn for as a place for me to show my work, um, finally get it out of the closets. Right. But um, for this past exhibition for Glacial, we actually had a few pieces in the barn to go along with you know, the talks and the poetry event that we had. And uh, so it worked out really well, and uh, the space is beautiful. And speaking so, of trees, you had, you had a, an issue with the tree, right, in the two, last couple yes. of years? Yes, we had two issues with trees. Stop. One, unfortunately, died, mm-hmm. and um, it was interesting when the when the guys were there to pull the tree down. They said, "Well, we found a nest. What do you want us to do?" I said, "Well, cut the nest out." Yeah. <laughs> so they cut this huge trunk area with this nest in it. This little bird was in there, and uh, we had to hang it on another tree because there were little babies in there and, and the mom was still feeding them. Oh so my we gosh. cut we hung it up on our other tree and um she fed them until they, you know, grew up and flew out. What kind of great. birds? I have no idea. I oh think they were gosh. robins. How cute. Yeah, it was really cute. I love but that. But then story. the second tree blew down in a storm. <laughs> right. And brushed the side of the building. We were so fortunate oh, because good. Not it too much just damage. Brushed it, yeah. Not too much damage. So, um, but it was a, two big old trees, and and we were sad that they both left. Right. So we we planted, we've planted now. I think nine or ten trees on the property, and it, you know. And we're losing. So we're losing so many trees out here yeah. right now. Um, I'm trying to think of the, um, uh, you know, in addition to the the, the pine beetle infestation, there's mm-hmm. there's also something taking out. 
I can't. I can't remember what kind. If it's like oaks Spotted lanternfly. Oh well. Oh my gosh. I saw <laughs> some pictures from my niece of trees in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. This the lanternfly infestation is so so bad. Yeah. You yeah. you look at it and it's like it's almost like seeing like a, a poor animal that's covered in ticks. You know. <laughs> right. You're like, oh right. my gosh. I can't believe there's that many. I know. Bugs. I know. It's really strange. And I understand that, the, obviously, for for obvious reasons, the wine industry and the, the farmers are very concerned Freaking out here. Out. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I know. All right. So, but uh, if you're looking for some some happiness, yes. some happy trees, <laughs> let's Bob Ross this. You want to see some happy little trees. So the, the exhibition just opened this week, right? Yes, it did. It opened Saturday, and we had a wonderful weekend. So um, people were very happy to see the works and uh, to see the different mediums that are, you know, that are represented. And um, just a different eye on these. You know, we have painting and photography, mixed media. We have printmaking. We have sculpture, small sculpture. So, um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Christina Stressfield selected a, a wonderful exhibition, and... Um, I curated and it's it's gorgeous. I can't wait to see Come on how in. it's hung. <laughs> so opening reception still ahead of us. Is it this yes. Saturday, right? Saturday from five to seven. Come on in and we're hoping that it's gonna be a nice evening with beautiful weather. The barn will also be open. We do have a couple of a couple of works that are still in our backspaces from Glacial that people can take a look at if they missed that show. We have a couple of uh, pieces from Glacial in our barn as well. Very so cool. So it'll be a really beautiful evening. Come Alex Gallery.com for more information. Again, the opening reception this Saturday, August 26th from 5 to 7, right on the main road in Kutchog. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Alex Ferone. Uh, this was the Hot Studio segment underwritten by Conic Landing, uh, these are the national parks, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. You're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. News you can trust, music you love. I was surrounded by falling trees But I saw one standing tall And as I looked again, I saw me Confused by the sight Cause I thought I might Be ready to fall Fall, fall So darling, won't you tell me now If that tree falls, would it make a sound? Its leaves are dry and it's growing old And it soon will lie on the ground Well, I looked at it good And there I stood Ready to fall, fall
like a tree in Travis McKevney and Bill Scorzari, Sarah Marie Rory and Joni Mitchell on deck. Here on WLIWFM, news you can trust, music you love. Here on the hillside, there is a crooked tree. Wonder if that's what you're seeing when you look at me. Not sick but twisted, ever standing tall, strong. And count the rings 
Stay with me up on the hill in the shade that's underneath the cypress tree. Hold my visions in your arms the way you always help me see. Take away from every day a memory fair to save. Dear, it's true that I will do the same for you. And baby, won't you carry me up on the hill in the shade that's underneath the cypress tree? visions in your arms the way you always help me see take me through the day when seasons change and keep me in your heart and there forever I'll remain and trust my dear it's true that I will do same for you. Baby, won't you bury me up on the hill in the shade that's underneath the cypress tree? Hold my visions in your arms where you always help me see and take them far away from my grave keep them in your heart and there forever I'll remain trust my dear it's true and I will do the same for you Scorzari's Cypress Tree from the Now I'm Free record of 2019 after Travis McKevney's A Crooked Tree from last year's leave, Leaves excuse me, uh, of 2012. This is Sarah Marie Rory's Wrong Tree. 
got Joni Mitchell's Cactus Tree, a bunny hop past Nick Drake's Fruit Tree. We'll lead you into the NPR News Break with Marika Hackman's Apple You're Tree. The wrong tree, baby. I've been planting myself at the bottom of you. You're the wrong tree, baby. I always knew it. How could you get me singing to you? The less that you give me, the more I find myself in need. At least that's how it used to be. playlist. All right, we got Joni Mitchell, Marika Hackman leading you into the NPR news break. It's the tree edition of the heart. We figured out a way to transition into food for our in conversation with Paul Pachter about food insecurity. The bottom of the next There's hour. A man who's been out sailing in a decade full of dreams and he takes her to a schooner and he treats her
And the branches sang the chorus As he climbed the scaly towers Of a forest tree While she was somewhere being free There's a man who sent a letter And he's waiting for reply He has asked her of her travels Since the day they said goodbye He writes, wish you were beside me We can make it if we try seen her at the office with her name on all his papers through the sharing of the profits he will find it hard to shake her from his memory and she's so busy being free there's a lady in the city She thinks she loves them all There's the one who's thinking of her There's the one who sometimes calls There's the one who writes her letters With his facts and figures wrong She has brought them to her senses They have laughed inside her laughter Now she rallies her defenses For she fears that one will ask her for eternity. for eternity And she's so busy being free There's a man who sends her medals He's bleeding from the war There's a jouster and a jester And a man who owns a store There's a drummer and a dreamer And you know Christina Mercedes Strasfield a little earlier. Uh, speaking of her and Southampton Arts Center, southamptonartscenter.org for more about Summerfest uh, and Mountain Film on tour, etc. Lots of cool programming going on at our neighboring art gallery. I'm Jenna Volpe. This is Marika Hackman, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. You're listening to WLI WFM, Long Island's only NPR radio station. Time for me tree. Oh, take a little bite, take a bite for me. Mm. The pain it keeps me sane for I Oh, 
So oh.